My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, good morning. and welcome to Our Sunday School. I am uh, thrilled to be here. I am thrilled to see you guys and uh, so, so grateful for each one of you and how you have encouraged and served and remained faithful through this crazy, crazy period. I think it is a beautiful reflection of what our God has done, so thank you for that. We are in Mark, uh, in case you had forgotten, that's where we are. So uh, grab your Bibles. We're going to walk through uh, Mark 12, verses, I think, Lord willing, 12 through 17-ish today. So I think we can get through there. Uh, but our question that we ask each week is, uh, what is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far? And I have been waiting a hot minute to actually get a real-life answer to this, as opposed to asking a question, waiting 20 seconds for it to show up on Facebook, waiting 30 seconds for you guys to figure out what your answer is, waiting another 30 seconds for you to type it in, and another 20 seconds so I can see it. You're here. This is good. So... What is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark that we have been studying so far? It's okay. Awesome. Just it as in a generic whatever it is. Cool. Good, good. I am far more patient on asking a question and waiting for a response now. I will tell you this, so there's that. <laughs> Carrying our own problems as opposed to letting the Lord do this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually think there's a glimpse of that in today's text. So when I pan over here to you in a second, I'll, I'll probably try to remember that maybe. We'll see. All right, one more. What's God doing in you through the portion of Mark that we've studied so far? Julie? No? <laughs> There's two rules in our Sunday school. I just broke one, and I won't even dare talk about the other one. So that's how bad the other one is. And on that note, let's jump into Mark chapter 12. I'm going to read the entirety of Mark chapter 12, and then we'll pick up here in just a second in verse 13. So let's read and listen to Mark chapter 12. And he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a pit for the winepress and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. And when the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent them another servant and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. And he sent another and him they killed. And so with many others, some they beat and some they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, 
and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they were seeking to arrest him, but feared the people, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. And they sent some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion. For you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one. And he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. And Sadducees came to him, who say that there is no resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but leaves no child, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. There were seven brothers. The first took a wife, and when he died, left no offspring. And the second took her and died, leaving no offspring. And the third, likewise. And the seven left no offspring. Last of all, the woman also died. In the resurrection, when they rise again, whose wife will she be? For the seven had her as wife. Jesus said to them, Is this not the reason you are wrong, because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God? For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is here, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and that there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? David himself in the Holy Spirit declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. And in his teaching, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses for a pretense to make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. 
And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Mark chapter 12. So we'll pick up this morning in verse 13. And if you are reading out of the ESV, the section header says, Paying Taxes to Caesar. And I think I have mentioned this many times. I'm a big fan of the ESV's section headers. They get it right really, really off. Like they, are, they do a very, very good job. This one, however, I would argue, focuses on the spectacularly less important of the two concepts that Jesus is teaching here. So we will talk about it. We will touch on it. Um, I was telling Caleb yesterday that I, I felt like I could teach an entire lesson on the geopolitical and implications and complexities that are going on in this text. And I could probably teach an entire lesson on the tension between uh, obedience to government and obedience to God that is going on in this text. But I don't want Mark to be a 800 week series. Um, so we are just gonna stick with like, as oh, it kills me to leave this behind though, right? It just kills me make it 800 there we go there we go all right so uh verse 13 uh and they sent so that they is the religious leaders that jesus has just what i would argue as amy posited last week so beautifully uh excoriated in the prior passage by telling them uh you know the father is going to deal with your disobedience and the way that you have dealt with the prophets here this is a problem so the religious leaders sent to jesus some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians. Now, we read the Pharisees and the Herodians hanging out together and we go, sure, okay, whatever. No, no. These two groups did not like each other. The Pharisees were this proud, religious, external appearance, look at me, how great I am. The, the religious law stretched to the extreme beyond any relational component with God. The Herodians were the, allying, the allies to Herod, and you remember that whole nasty, awful family tree of his, right, with just the spaghetti wires going everywhere. It, it's, yeah, I'm not going to go there. Um, so you've got this hyper-political group and this hyper-religious group, and the religious leaders of the day get them together, and the only thing that looks like they could align on was how much they hated Jesus. So they aligned on it, and they show up, right? And so the, the Pharisees and some of the Herodians, they sent him to trap him. And the English word here is just to trap. The, the Greek has this sense of a hunt being conducted, that there's something that's going to happen that's a violent end, which is exactly what they were trying to do and exactly what they actually got. But the, I don't know if Mark is making a joke here or not, but he says to trap him in his talk. What's the Greek word for talk there? It's logos, right? And if you remember from John chapter 1, in the beginning was the, the word, the logos. And that's a description of who Jesus was, which I think is absolutely hilarious, that they are going to trap the logos with his logos. Like, uh, no, you are not. <laughs> That is going to be spectacularly unsuccessful. So, verse 14. 
And they came, so this is still inside the temple structure here, probably on the, the steps of one of the courts. This is where a lot of these kind of dialogues would have taken place. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know you are true. Now, had they been telling the truth right here, what would have been the proper response to the Son of God in your direct presence? Say it louder, Amy. Worship, yes. Fall down on your knees, profess who he is, and worship. Like, the Messiah is here. Thank you, God the Father. Their words and their actions are totally separate here. So we, we know that they are actually not telling the truth. But they thought that they were, because the no here is an indicative. They were literally lying to themselves. We know you are true and can do and do care and do not care about anyone's opinion. So this is the idea that I don't care about anybody's, uh, uh, you're not swayed by anybody's appearance or your surface or the face here. But truly teach the way of God. The, this word for, this word's here for truly uh, is the, the epi, it's a preposition, it means around the truth. So what they're saying is that you, you, are, you are all around the truth of God. And it's like, he actually is the truth of God. <laughs> right? I mean, you're just, say it. Say it, Chris. Come on. And their own arrogance in this, though, is Yes. They're, yes. They're trying flattery to try to flatter him up. That's right. And, and they're trying to get him to drop his guard <laughs> when he has no Yeah. Yeah. This flattery that they're they're coming at him, and they've got this willful blindness, and yeah, it's just. And it's almost funny. Yes, I agree. I, I agree. It is almost funny. It is. It is so close to being funny if their eternal souls weren't on the line here, right? You're just like, oh, what have you missed because of these structures that you put in place? I, I saw a quote uh, yesterday. It said. Uh, we sometimes, I'm, I'm not going to get it exactly right. We sometimes focus so much on the lenses we, we view the world through that we never stop to look at the lens. And I was like, ow, right? And I would argue this is true for the Pharisees. This is true for the Herodians. This has been true for Jim. You know, this is, this is a real challenge. And what are they doing? You're, you're teaching around the way of God here. So here they get to their question. And I'll read through the text, and then we'll kind of come back, and I'll try to give some uh, sense here. So is it lawful? So Old Testament law, is this a legal thing to do? Is it lawful to pay? Now, this is didymi. This is an important, because Jesus is going to come back with a different word here in a minute. To give uh, taxes uh, to Caesar or not. Should we pay them or should we not? All right, so let's, let's pause here for just a second on what else is being asked. So this tax, uh, if you look at the Greek word, it's uh, kensos, which if you replace the K with the C, it's our English word what? Census, right. This is an enrollment tax. And this was symbolic of the Jews' subjugation to Rome. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit when we get to the denarius. But there is a lot going on here. So they're asking him, 
Should we pay this to Rome or should we not pay this to Rome? Now, remember, who's there with him? He's got the Pharisees who would view the existence of a coin that declared that Caesar is God as a graven image and a violation of the law. Like just the existence of it would be breaking the law. And then you've got the Herodians who have so aligned themselves to Herod, who has hitched his wagon to the Roman Empire because it's made him shockingly wildly successful. So the Pharisees want him to say, absolutely not, we don't pay this. The Herodians want him to say, absolutely we do, we recognize and you recognize the authority of the Roman Empire. But it doesn't stop there. Who are his disciples? You got Matthew, who's watching here at some point, aware of this, who's, who's a what? A tax collector. So he is firmly on one side. And then you got Simon the Zealot, who the Zealots were those who uh, aligned themselves with uh, Judah's, uh, uh, Judah, Judas's rebellion, not Judas Iscariot, but Judas's uh, rebellion a couple of decades earlier. So even in his own party, there is violent, because the zealots were terrorists. They weren't just, I don't agree with this. They were, no, no, I'm going to hurt you because I don't agree with this. Violent disagreement in his own house, if you will. This is a loaded, if you wanted to craft the perfect question to kind of, we're going to, oh, we got him on this one. We have got him on this one. I could just see them just, you know, stroking the cat and doing the, you know, it's just like, this is, it is so nice to hear somebody laugh at an awful joke. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Whew. All right, here we go. So is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, pause for just a second. Did Jesus pay taxes? There's a definitive answer, and it is yes, absolutely. To what government did those taxes eventually roll up to? The Roman government. What government was responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus? The Roman. So Jesus paid taxes to the government that killed him. So when we talk about, I don't agree with what the government's doing with the... We should be very careful here because our Savior gave us an example of what obedience, even under an evil empire, and I would not argue that we have an evil... You can, we could get into all sorts of conversations about this, but we need to be very careful about using Jesus as an example of like, oh, no, we don't... Oh, craziness. Yes, sir. Yes, that's exactly right. And he still did it, right? That's exactly right. He knew it, and he knew that someday later somebody would go, you know, he did that, and he did it on purpose, and he knew that he did it on purpose. It's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so should we pay them? Should we not? Here we go. Verse 15. But knowing their hypocrisy. Like you're going to get something past him, right? Knowing their hypocrisy. This is two-page hypocrisis. He said to them, why put me to the test? Remember, because if he says yes to the question, the people are going to be angry. The Jewish people are going to be angry because they want to, they want to overthrow the Romans. Badly they want to overthrow the Romans. There were several Jewish revolts during this period. And if he says no, then he's just invited the wrath of Rome directly on himself because now he's an insurrectionist. This is a prop. So he, 
There's no good answer here. There's literally no good answer until he makes one. Bring me a denarius. All right, let's take a look at a denarius real quick. I'm going to show you what this was, uh, would look like. Now, I, I, went on, um, I went on eBay to try to find a denarius, and I found one that looked pretty close to this condition, and it was $400. And I said, nope. Uh, we are... We are going to have to go with a PowerPoint picture of this, and it'll be all right. Now, but I want to, there are several things that are going on with this picture, and I'm going to walk through just a couple of them. So we're going to start from the lower right. So T.I. would be Tiberius. This was the emperor, the Caesar, at this moment in Rome. So you had Augustus, who was the first Caesar, and then he was from 27 to 14, and then Tiberius from 14, 27 B.C. to 14 A.D., uh, and Tiberius was 14 A.D. to 37 A.D. So Tiberius was the, the emperor all throughout Jesus' adult life. So you got Tiberius, and then Caesar right here, C-A-S-E-A-R. You notice there's not a gap between the T.I. and the Caesar? This was how language was done. Space was at a premium, so just skip the spaces. <laughs> Imagine being a kid learning how to read this, and there being no spaces whatsoever. You just not only have to know the words, you, I, I don't understand how you could even approach learning a language like that. To me, there seems to be so many things that are missing. So, T.I. Caesar, and then D.I.V. You see the D.I.V.? What would D.I.V. stand for? Divine, yes. So, Tiberius Caesar, divine, A.U.G. It's upside down now. That's Augustus. So divine Augustus, F, is its own word, Phileus, that means son, uh, and then Augustus again. Like they were really, like you, you hit part of Tiberius' name was Augustus. It was, it's this whole crazy thing, right? Not as tangled as Herod's family tree, but it was a mess. So you've got Tiberius Caesar, the divine son of Augustus. This would have been shockingly, revoltingly offensive to the Pharisees. Yes, sir? This is why we have Google Translate. <laughs> yes, it is. It is why we have Google Translate. It won't work on this, though. Now, in the conversation, in Mark 12, who's the only divine being? Jesus. So this coin is actually an offense to the divinity of Jesus Christ. This is just the front side. I don't have a picture of the back side. The back side is a picture of Tiberius' mom. And the label says, high priest. Now, if you're a Jew, and no offense, ladies, but if you're a Jew and you call a female the high priest, like we have checked off a whole lot of angry boxes here. This is not, nope, this is not the way this structure was working at this time. I mean, this, this is, and who do we know acts as our high priest? Jesus does. There is a spectacular amount of theology in what he asked for. Because he actually was the true divine son of God. And he actually is the high priest. Like, don't tell me he doesn't know what he's doing. So he says, uh, he says, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. All right. So they brought one. And he said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? Now, would it have been easy to figure this out? It literally was printed on the coin. Yes, there would have been really, really... This is not a, like, well, I don't know. If we hold it just right in the... No, 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 no. 
These were printed between 14 and 16 AD. The, the emperor would print new money as soon as the emperor came into power. And it would just kind of hang out and be used until a new emperor came to power, and then they print new money because the old emperor didn't want to be associated with the new emperor, and it was, it was very complicated. Imagine our currency changing out every time our president changed. You're like, this seems problematic. Yes, it was very problematic. It was not cool at all in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said, Caesar's, right? Caesar, yeah, okay. And Jesus said to them, oh, let me, oh, I forgot one thing. In this day and age, if you put your image, if you put your words on something, you owned it. Like this was an indication of ownership. And the way the modern day Jews in Jesus' day got around paying taxes using this coin was that, well, it's Caesar's coin anyway. We're just giving it back to him. It never was mine because it's not got my image on it. So this is, like, this is part of their, their cultural understanding of how labels worked. Right? So be careful with your brother label maker at home because you just, just could have all sorts of implications here. right? Um, so they said Caesar's. And Jesus says to them, render. Now, this is not the same word that they used earlier in Mark 12. This is apodidomai. What they asked was, should we didomai to give? Should we give? And Jesus says, you should give back. Jesus, there's it's a stronger word than just didomai. There's an implication, and he also uses an imperative. This is not a, there's no doubt here, right? We are being very directive in what Jesus is saying. So render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Now, if he stopped right there, did he answer the question? Yeah, which way did he answer it? Did he give a yes or a no? Should we pay taxes? Yes, the answer was yes. And <laughs> to God, the things that are God's. Now, you guys know, because you're in Sunday school, what Jesus is talking about here. But let's go back and just make sure, really quick, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Yes, the concept of the Trinity is in Genesis chapter 1. After our likeness, it's not just the concept, it's the, the reality of the Trinity is in Genesis 1. There we go. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. Both male and female are made in God's image. This is a beautiful thing. That's what Jesus is referencing here. So, if we are made in God's image, and we are to render, to give back a command to God, the things that are God's, if we are God's, what is our job? One of our jobs is to give our lives back to the one whose image we bear. 
there's a lot going on there. And, and I, again, I think the ESV does a great job with section headers, but paying taxes to Caesar, like, I wrote a check a couple of days to the government, and hopefully it gets there on time. <laughs> I don't want any fees. Um, and, and Mitch helped me with the number, so thanks, Mitch. I appreciate that. Uh, but, but that's a shockingly small part of my life. And what Jesus is talking about here is my entire being is intended to be paid back to God. And who is made in God's image? Did it say Christians? Let us make man in our image, male and female. So all males and all females. All people are made in God's image. Even when we mar the image, even when we do something that impacts the image, we're still made in the image of God. Right? Even when we deny the image, even when we reject the image, when we reject the creator, we're still made in the image of God. And we're still under the obligation to pay back with our lives to God what God owes. That's heavy. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. So... I'm going to get to what I think is the scariest part of this whole text. And they marveled at, what's the next word? Him. Now, who's the they? The Pharisees and the Herodians. Up to this point in Mark, they have never marveled at him. The crowds have marveled at his teaching several times at this point. But the Pharisees and the Herodians have never marveled at him. There's a difference in marveling at him and his teachings. This is a big difference. But please understand, the reason I think this is terrifying is they didn't do anything after they marveled. And I look at this verse, and I see in my life how many times I have marveled at Jesus and then done exactly the same thing I was doing before, continued right on with whatever behavior I was doing. So it is possible to marvel at the person of Christ and not know and follow the person of Christ. And this is devastatingly horrible. Thought you were going to get a fun, happy lesson this morning, huh? <laughs> so a couple of things. A couple of things. Let's do some applications and personalizations. So application number one, all humans are made in God's image. Full stop. Right? This is a beautiful truth. All humans are made in God's image. So what do we do with that? I would say we should pay our lives to God. I'll, I'll borrow from the Westminster Catechism. Serve, worship, and enjoy him. Right? So all humans are made in God's image. So what do we do with that? We should pay our lives to God. Uh, number two, Jesus is better than religion and politics, even when they mix. And I am thankful. Because <laughs> have we not seen that screwed up? I actually don't think you can go to any period in human history and not see this screwed up. We just have a hyper-focus on it because we're close to this right now. Uh, but Jesus is better than religion and politics. So number two, personalize what he would do with that. I would say we should examine our allegiances. 
I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, no, and I have in parentheses in my notes here, and repent is needed. So when I have said, and thank you for leaving this up, Dave. Sorry, guys, online. I forgot to put the picture up. I actually don't have a picture in my notes here. I'm so sorry. It's a coin. It's round. It's a circle, not a triangle. No. Um, that was for you, Sean. There you go. That was your joke for the day. Uh, even when everything screams, somebody else is divine. That's not the truth, right? So if, if one day they take In God We Trust off our money, I'm going to quote Bill Brandenburg here. You can't make me care about that. <laughs> I, <laughs> this dictates what I'm going to believe, not what we print on the money, okay? Uh, but if they take it off one day and say, in so-and-so else, we put our trust. That's exactly right, Shanda. Nah, okay. You know, okay. I'm going to examine our allegiances, and we need to repent as needed. And then application number three, you can marvel at Jesus and not follow him. You can marvel at Jesus and not follow him. So what should we do then? What should we do? Marvel and follow. Yes, that's exactly right. Marvel and follow. That's right. You thought I was going to say Marvel and Star Wars, didn't you? It's like, it was there, but I chose, yeah, I still did it, didn't I? That's okay. Marvel and follow. All right, there is a spectacular amount of stuff that I did not talk about, again, with the geopolitical, with the tension between God and government, lots and lots and lots of stuff. If you want to know more about that, let me know, and I will point you to some resources that start to scratch away at that. Um, some of the commentaries that I have were just... Like, my head hurt thinking about the complexity of what was actually going on here. So it is, it is a deep, amazing topic. But what I want to make sure you leave with today is that we are to marvel at him. I'm okay with you marveling at his teachings, too. They're pretty awesome. Uh, but also to follow. It's not enough just to marvel at him. We should follow as well. So with that, that's the lesson for today. Uh, you should have... Nope, you don't. Hey, Dave, can you help me for a second? We have weekly updates again. Yeah, I just forgot to put them out. <laughs> it's not on my checklist. See, I've been following a checklist for 14 months, and it's not on my checklist now. So, got to make a new checklist. This is the way this works. So, yeah, if you uh, if you will if you will um, take a second, and uh, I did some heavy editing to this document, by the way. So a whole bunch of stuff came off. A whole bunch of stuff that has been resolved. Some of them in amazingly amazing ways and some of them in tragic ways. Uh, but if you've got things you want to add back, please add back. That'd be great. I'd love to do that. Uh, but we will move into our prayer time. So what we want to do, make sure we do uh, is uh, write down any prayer requests you have, either for this week or for long term. For those of you online, if you would put them in the comments, that'd be great. Uh, we want to make sure that we uh, pray for somebody that's not with you. Have somebody at your table. So Matt, you'll need to scoot over to somewhere and pick a table. Um, pray for uh, at your table and then uh, let's go and worship this one who is worthy of being marveled at and followed it is a beautiful beautiful thing so with that that is our lesson for today
Thank you guys so much for being with us online. I appreciate that. I will do better with showing you things on screen and responding to comments. Today, I was super nervous and just excited to be here. So I'll get better, I promise. I'll try at least. So with that. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.